Now relax. Drive all thought from your mind. Concentrate. Concentrate. It's an unprecedented time, a new normal, an unexpected year. Yes, it's 2020, and forget about the year of the rat, it's the year of the COVID. No introductions needed on these trying times because, you know, let's face it, it's affected all of us. But I believe that there's a need to introduce a specific group of people, a group of people might, we might have never even have heard of. Right? I mean, we all know our frontline healthcare workers, those who do the testing, those who, you know, the doctors and the nurses, our, um, our heroes on the front lines. But um, how much do you know about the people behind the scenes, the people who give these, um, you know, um, healthcare workers, you know, the tools, the means to help, you know, um, give us better healthcare? Not even just in these, uh, in these times, but, you know, um, when things are normal, who gives uh who designs the equipment that you know gives um helps us diagnose problems to see um uh, what goes beyond and to help um uh, you know treat the sick and infirmed right so today we'll be talking um to Jonathan and to find out a little bit more about the world of biomedical engineering because if we unite our mental energy we may be able to open the door now relax Drive all thought from your mind. Concentrate. Concentrate. And welcome to the second episode of the Gin and Tonic Show. Today, my guest is um, my friend and technically co-host, Jonathan. Hello. Hi, hi Isaac. Hey. Nice to be on the other side of the of the one asking questions. Yep, and today we're putting you in the hot seat. I'm gonna, you know, find out a little bit more about you because, like, right, um, as I said, right before this, uh, we started recording. Um, I've known you about four or five years, and I actually don't know much about, you know, the field that you work in. You know, mm. and how you actually got into it. So. That's, um, you know, I, I want to find out a bit more about that today, actually. Yeah, so yeah. it's not just, um, you know, um, a thing for the read, uh, for the listeners. It's also, uh, you know, me trying to find out a little bit more about you as well. Yeah, I guess that's the nature of university because, like, we always end up just doing activities. Like, for us, it was touch rug, overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> here, a jam in session here or there, like, screaming out uh, Oasis songs. <laughs> um, getting Getting uh, Les Miserables. Uh, references oh my yes yes mm. yeah yeah things like that <laughs> but yeah like sometimes sometimes we don't really even talk about like you know what we actually do so yeah i guess it's a good catch up right now right mm, for sure for sure <laughs> yeah so i mean let me let me just uh get the ball rolling so um first of all today our topic is on biomedical engineering which is uh, you know your degree right your major yeah and so um 
first of all, um, what is biomedical engineering? So biomedical engineering is trying to solve the problems that the medical field faces uh, through engineering. Um, this can come in the form of uh, all, all disciplines of engineering from mm-hmm. uh, electrical engineering to software engineering. I think, I think more and more we're seeing a lot more software-related um, applications and indications. Um, most notably, for example, um, a lot of AI is being used to scan, to look at x-rays or CT scans and then determine whether someone has cancer or not. Because an AI has so many, can see many shades of gray uh, Mm -hmm. compared to a human eye. So it's almost taking the job away from radiologists (laughs) in that regard. Oh no, I mean... But wow, that's... that's coming for us. (laughs) Yeah, the machines will take over all of us eventually, right? But that's really interesting because I was right about to ask you, like, you know, is biomedical engineering just about, um, you know, designing x-ray machines or, you know, stethoscopes and and all that stuff? But I guess it's a lot more than that, right? It is, it is. Um, And oftentimes, I think a lot of people, uh, or at least I've heard that there are a lot of people of the opinion that biomedical engineering is a bit too broad um to because it has a hand in everything like i just Mm -hmm. gave you one indication right and that has to do with medical imaging but things like uh biomaterials and and the things that we the kinds of metal we use for implants Mm -hmm. all of that is part of biomedical engineering too so it's a it's a really broad spectrum across the board, really. Uh, Any, anything that has to do with um helping helping humans with their anything health, I guess. that a doctor can't do, biomedical engineers are trying to figure out a way to do. Oh, okay. That's well, it, it's it goes beyond just like therapeutics. It's also down to diagnostics and, um, yeah, diagnostics, uh, post treatment care, anything like that. Wow, so from from trying to find out what's the problem all the way to solving the problem, I guess, right? Or even like figuring out what the problem is. Uh, oh, in, right. In the case in the case of uh, yeah, in the case of COVID, um, if you if you have heard these three letters, PCR, that was developed from biomedical engineering. Mm, sorry, uh, just just because um, I haven't heard of it. What's what's PCR again? PCR is called the polymerase chain reaction. Um, it is this machine which takes a sample of DNA, unzips it. Uh, I think, cor- I'm not sure, but I think if I remember correctly, um, it's a reagent attaches to the RNA and starts transcribing a small section of it. Okay. And then it replicates itself. So it goes through cycles of heating, which causes the DNA to make copies of itself. And okay. each PCR experiment is trying to see if there are uh there is a presence of say a virus or bacteria i see so or in this even case... even rare mutations so in the case of covid a virus will inter will infiltrate a cell destroy its cellular cellular data and then make a cell into basically a zombie where it creates copies of itself to right. then spread out into the rest of the body other cells i see i see okay so you're trying to sort of it is sort of like a needle in a haystack especially in the early stages of COVID. okay and pcr basically takes a sample of whatever's in your blood and then amplifies it to make copies okay right 
So just trying to find whether the problem is there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. From that. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's really interesting. I'm going to talk uh, much more about. Yeah, uh, I was. I was wondering whether you're gonna like hold that on. <laughs> no, no. I think I think it's good, but like yeah. let's let's get back. Um, yeah, definitely. I wanna I wanna talk more about you first, right? So, sure. why did you come into biomed engineering? Um, was it passion? Did you you know feel a calling towards this particular field? I would say uh, it was all that you mentioned. So at the beginning of, uh, I think I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something related to the medical field when I was around like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I really worked hard at, at like towards. Um, in secondary school, I made sure I took triple science so that I could have the option between bio and chemistry later on. Mm-hmm. Ended up choosing physics. Oh, sorry. I would have the choice between uh, bio and physics I ended up choosing physics in JC Oh, okay. um, but like after my A-levels I didn't do particularly well for A-levels Okay. Um, and that effectively shut the door on, on uh, me doing medicine at least at the undergraduate level mm-hmm. um, yeah and it was just some circumstances uh, and um, I applied to NUS it's quite interesting though because uh, when I applied to NUS, the fir- my first choice was biomedical engineering because mm-hmm. I wanted to stay within the medical field. Mm-hmm. Right. My second choice was psychology. Oh. So we could have actually been like... Like classmates. Classmates, <laughs> uh, yeah. if, if that had turned out differently. Mm-hmm. But I think when I thought... When I got offered biomedical engineering, and I was still quite like sad that I had to give up on that dream of being a doctor. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I figured that, you know, with a really good medical device or a really cutting-edge technology, I could be affecting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or even millions of lives. Um, You'd still be making the same kind the, of change. No, no, not even that. It was uh, my, my motivation for being a doctor was also like extremely focused on wanting to help people. Mm-hmm, um, right. to, because I, I, had seen, I had come across doctors who saw their patients as nothing but a collection of symptoms. I see. But like, didn't connect to them as people. Very impersonal way of looking at Definitely, cases, I guess. Definitely, yeah. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to be a doctor that, that, cha- that broke the mold in that regard. Wow. Um, okay. But I guess as an engineer, I could touch the lives of many more people and still be involved in um, the process of developing a technology or helping people. Yeah, I see. Um, and I guess how has that um kind of evolved in the four years that you spent in biomedical engineering? Have you you know, has your motivation changed? Um, do you feel like you know if you were given an opportunity to be a doctor right now, would you take it up, or do you feel like you know do you feel differently about it? I think that if I wanted to go back and do uh, medicine as a postgraduate, um, it would it would necessarily put a lot of my life life plans in that sense on hold um things like family and i i I think i very much let go of the pathway of being a doctor once i took up biomedical engineering Mm -hmm. um speaking about my four years i don't think my motivations changed very much i think it was a lot more about uh, seeing what I was interested in, the okay. kind, the f- within biomedical engineering, there's there's a plethora of fields which you can go into. Right, like you said, it's a very broad it is, area, it is. right? And mm-hmm. and just be- 
because we are exposed to a lot of the fundamental uh, bits of engineering and by by necess- necessity a lot of basic uh, physics and chemistry mm. um, just gave me a better picture of how much we know about the human body mm-hmm. um, and what the current frontiers are with regards to technology right yeah I see. I guess it, it it brings a new perspective into it because you're not just looking at um the healthcare. You're also looking at the technology that that, that comes in, sure. brings in. Yeah. Um. Oh, I forgot to mention. I guess this is going back to to your question on on why I chose biomedical engineering. Mm-hmm. Yep. My dad works in the medical device line, so oh. I was exposed to that end of of um of biomedical engineering more towards the biomechanical side, but I could. I knew uh, about things like implants, mm-hmm. um, things being bio-inert, like not reacting with anything in the body so that you wouldn't have any bad reactions, oh. why they were ne- necessary. So in for his specific field, it was in uh, the the knee replacement, okay. the total right. knee replacement. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. I wanted to ask as well, because um, I think that um, some people... Um, Myself included, at one point in um, you know, in the course of uh, university, I think uh, I started to question whether you know this was the fuel for me. I had some wavering moments, so to speak, I guess, and I I, I know quite a number of people who have experienced that as well. Some even completely change you know their majors or their courses altogether because of that. Uh, I was wondering if you had any wavering moments. Um, yeah, definitely, there were times when I I I always wondered whether the path I was taking was uh, the right one for me. Uh, particularly when I was taking different difficult classes, uh, like uh, there was this electrical engineering class. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when people always, I think my interest in, or my general interest in the things that I do outside of my studies um, led people to think that I wasn't an engineering student. <laughs> I w- seriously, the number, if you gave me, a qu- uh, like a penny yeah. for every time someone was like are you studying arts or biz I would have a, like a thousand bucks right now <laughs> um, it, it was it made me question whether engineering was for me mm-hmm. uh, especially like I, like I mentioned in the classes that I struggled with or just couldn't get mm-hmm. um, just because the concepts were extremely foreign or very abstract for me Right, I see. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, I know you as a sort of uh, person who does a lot of, has a lot of artistic endeavors, I guess, you know, music and, you know, photography. Um, how do you, you know, how do you manage that with, uh, between, you know, all that, that side of you and, you know, that scientific side of you, I guess? I don't know. I think it's just the pursuit of, like, knowledge and mastery. I think that that, that alone can be exemplified in the sports that I play. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm... I'm. Oh, I played golf for about 20 years. Um, still, I'm playing. And I was doing rock climbing. I've been doing rock climbing for a number of years. And just the... I get satisfaction from... from mastering body movements. Or golf is like the pursuit of perfection, especially when um, it's getting into a zone and making sure that everything flows well and is like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, um, I just like learning the technical aspects of things, especially when I got like into photography. Right. And then deepening my understanding on those things. Mm. It actually um, calls to mind, uh, uh, um, I think, 
not the exact quote, but something from Richard Feynman, I guess, um, about how sometimes knowing um, the intricacies of something actually helped to enhance its beauty, I guess. Mm, or like very helps much, us to see it in a very different so. light. I think, I think you can't get to the philosophical stage unless you know something very, very deeply. Yes. When you almost have like a relation, like a relationship with the activity that you're mm, doing. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, let's... Um, that was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, let's move on uh, maybe into um, some other aspects of uh, yourself, I guess. Sure. Uh, I actually wanted to ask a little bit about more of, um, you know, your education. What, you know, you talk about, um, I understand that you were from ACS, right? Uh, and ACJC? Yes, wrong? ACS yes. Barker and ACJC. Alright, uh, I was actually wondering if um, your time spent in the, um, you know, in the education system, did it help to prepare you for, um, you know, university, uh, not just in terms of content, but like, you know, your takeaways from, you know, your education, did it help you with regards to biomed engineering? I think when it came to things like biology in secondary school, which is where I stopped my biology and part of the reason why I didn't do it in JC. I always felt that the answers were unsatisfactory, mm-hmm. where we hadn't delved deep enough um, to reach an understanding about the overall concept that we were learning. Like there was something more. Yeah, inside. like they would, if, say there were five different tiers to mm-hmm. a certain topic, we would only go to like the second tier out of the five. And you need all five to understand the entire process. So it really felt like you're just learning for the sake of learning. You just have to memorize. But Mm -hmm. if they had just gone a couple steps more in terms of content, Mm -hmm. we would have reached that level of understanding on the topic. Right. I also wanted to talk a little bit more about what did you, you know, learn in university. And I guess... um, to make it a bit more specific, maybe what's your greatest takeaway from biomed engineering? You know, like from everything that you've learned, you know, is there is there um, something important that you learned from all that? I think the biggest takeaway was actually how little we know about the human body. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of the f- the modules that I that I studied. Of course, they're like very cut and dry ones where mm. we know a lot about them. Uh, things like mechanics and knowing your right, like biomechanics, how... how forces are transmitted through your muscles and mm-hmm. bones and how much stress they can take. I see. Those right. are all pretty well understood. But things like interactions between our cells uh, or even this these things or proteins called um, growth factors, mm-hmm. we have very surface level knowledge on on how the body works um maintaining perfect balance within itself mm-hmm. um another example of of how little we know is the the uh role that neurotransmitters play or understanding depression we know that um depression can happen because there's a deficiency or an excess either either it not enough or too much of a certain chemical mm-hmm. neuro, a neurotransmitter yep mm-hmm. but we don't know the mechanism that the neurotransmitters work by 
Right. So we know that removing or giving mm-hmm. will solve the problem, but we have no idea why it works. Right. <clears throat> so it just blew my mind and, and just made me really excited to... That to, there's still so much to explore out there. Yeah, yeah. That the complexity of the human body is something that is being pushed forward, but we still know very little about. Mm, I see. I was wondering because um, um, on one hand, you know, as biomedical engineers, you need to be able to solve problems and, and you know, come up with solutions. And, you know, um, as you mentioned earlier, diagnostics and testing, you need to be able to try and find a problem as well sometimes. And, but, you know, with this, uh, what you mentioned that, um, you know, sometimes you're kind of, um, you know, shot in the dark. If I'm if uh, I'm stating this correctly, sometimes you are not sure what exactly is the problem, or you have no idea why a certain thing is caused. For example, the depression example you used. So how do you you know um, deal with these two um, you know <clears throat> kind of uh, ideas? I guess yeah. Well, a lot of the the things about the human body that we don't a, a lot of the features that we don't fully understand. Um, sometimes falls outside the scope of the biomedical engineering sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with regards to our expertise, it's right. not. Think of it as our cloud of our cloud of interest and uh, desire for influence mm-hmm. is a lot broader than our field of expertise. I see. Per se. Okay. So sometimes when it comes to to neurotransmitters, or we need to consult people like biologists. Mm-hmm. Or neuro, um, people who have done research on neurotransmitters, because mm-hmm. perhaps we have not done the research, we can only like. Then it's collaboration with them to to try and um, understand the environments in which that need to be replicated, mm-hmm. uh, so that testing can happen. But a lot of the times, it's very frontier pioneer kind of work because, like like we mentioned last week, there's some. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> um, where the box hasn't yet been defined. But you're just trying to break it. You have to break it out. You have to break out of it and, and try and you know find new ground, I guess. For, for sure. Um, but sometimes in the case of, uh, of neurotransmitters, you kind of don't know where to start. And mm. sometimes you are tempted to just accept the status quo where... Um, Oh, the medication works because it inhibits a certain neurotransmitter. Uh, what, what else do and we need to do? We don't need to do anything, right? <laughs> there is a temptation to that, yeah. obviously. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, sometimes... I think we... Within the medical field, at least within like drugs, um, a lot of the times we are left with just the empirical data. Right. Like whatever... See whatever is the outcome of the drug is whatever is recorded. But well, how the, exactly the mechanism it? is not fully understood. I see. But I think the need is there. So that's why it continues. Mm. Right. Okay. It seems like <clears throat> biomedical engineering has to draw from uh, a lot of different fields in order to try and, you know, um, solve, uh, create solutions or, yeah, you know, definitely, diagnose problems. Definitely. Right? Mm. right. That's cool. Okay. So, um, it's all very interesting and I want to touch a little bit more um, specifically. I want to talk about one particular project that you did or perhaps maybe the most exciting or the most um, you know, significant project that you've done in your university time. 
um, can you recall what project that would be? Um, while we give the me in the past some time to think about how to respond, uh, we will end the episode here. The data on the first episode gave us feedback that shorter episodes would be easier to digest uh, and thus the decision to cut our second episode into two segments. Thank you for listening and once again we would like to thank Veritas and Gust for their permission to use their song Concentrate. This is Jonathan and you have been listening to the Gin and Tonic Podcast. <laughs>